Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? You know, there's all kinds of things going on. There's not a day that goes by that something's not happening, Daryl, I tell you. <laughs> you would think that summer things would slow down. We'd have, you know, but the amount of, uh, of activity and conversations, and I mean, this is truly a challenging time uh, for so many People, it's also an exciting time though because we're working very hard to frame um, our future and set things up. And by the way, if you're new to the Selling from the Heart podcast, welcome. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it Selling from the Heart. And Larry, I think one of the things is we've been talking about on the podcast that's been a bright spot in this summer has been getting together with all of the new members of the Selling from the Heart Insiders Group. This has been so much fun and such a joy. It, it has been, and we keep talking about it week after week, and it's just about creating that sense of belonging, creating that sense of purpose, where, where people come to the forefront and say, you know what? Authenticity does matter. Being sincere yes. does matter. And everybody together is waving the flag, but there's some that's real positive that's come out of this, Daryl, is the networking, the the friendships that have been formed through this has just been incredible over the last, what, three, four months. Yeah. And I think in a world where, you know, it, it's a challenge uh, sometimes in the sales profession to find authenticity, being inside a community of people that are saying, Hey, you know what, we're going to, we're going to model this. We're going to be this. We're gonna, yeah, this is, has been really, really helpful for everybody. So if you want to check it out, um, sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders, and you can learn more about how to get involved. Well, Larry, today I am really, really looking forward to this conversation. It is going to be interesting, so I don't want to delay any further. Let's introduce our guests and let's dive in. No, th th this is going to be awesome. I encourage our listeners, grab a cup. Okay, now I'm going to date myself because Daryl's going to laugh in a second. <laughs> I encourage you to grab a couple sheets of paper and a pen and go old school on this. You're going to take some notes, I promise you, on this podcast John Voris, I've just enjoyed getting to know John. He's going to bring to the podcast what I think is, is going to be a whole different viewpoint on authenticity and how this ties into sales. So let's just dive in. John Voris, welcome to Selling from the Heart. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's so good to be here. And you know the question that all of our guests get on this Selling from the Heart podcast. And I think your answer is going to be very interesting and it's going to, we're going to springboard off of this. But John, what does it mean to you when you hear the words selling from the heart? What that really means is you're selling from your authentic identity. And through the research uh, that I've conducted, uh, especially uh, research uh, from uh, the con uh, continent, is um, we all have only really one need, the human mind, and that is to express our authentic identity. And we know we're expressing it when we feel happiness, joy, and passion. And you see, uh, uh, one of my philosophers I read, uh, David Hume, said that uh, logic and reason are really slaves of our passions. 
And what we do is we begin with what we desire and want, and then we find the logic and reason to get it or not get it, but it becomes a tool. And so being authentic is when you you know that you're feeling fulfilled. And when you're not feeling that way, there's obstacles to your authentic expression. See, we cannot stop expressing our identity. And this is true. It's universal around the world. And it'll never stop. You have only one purpose to express your authentic identity. You do it through objects, people, and events. So take the objects around you. Uh, They were previous decisions. I'm seeing your decisions right out in, in front of me. And so I can look at these decisions and I could start to see a pattern and it's telling me how you think. It tells me what your values are, what you find is important. And I haven't even said a word yet to you. I can just walk in the room and do that. And so um, uh, then what I do is I experiment and I come out with language that resonates with what I'm saying. And I describe my widget, whatever it is, in that same language. So what happens is you, myself, and the objects around you, plus what I'm selling, all become conforming symbols in your mind. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey Daryl, how'd, how'd you like that? How'd wow. you like that response for what's it mean to fuck in the heart? But, um, I do so have a question. good in that. Oh, my <laughs> that's an, like, that's let's an, start unpacking this together. This is so good. But sure. here, here's what I'd like to ask, though, only just because we hear authenticity used all the time. And by the way, I just thought what you just rolled out was brilliant. Mm-hmm. But if we flip this around, just because of the situations that we've been in as a society, we hear, you know, authenticity, being real, being genuine. We hear these words. But I'd really like to get your take after listening to what you just said is, where, where do you go when you hear something with somebody say, in authenticity because uh, you're, you're you're talking about everyone you know we all have the authentic authenticity inside of us but unpack what it means to be inauthentic or how do you define inauthentic you know you're being inauthentic when you're not happy you know you're inauthentic when you feel miserable or you feel resigned because it's telling you that your authentic identity is not being fully expressed I think that was fascinating. That was what really jumped out to me when you yeah. when you were talking about something from the heart is happiness is is like a dashboard light, a barometer on authenticity. And I think um, to me, that's a real big moment of clarity because you go, okay, well, how do I know? How do I know if I'm being authentic, if I'm being the real me? And um, that that idea of saying, okay, well, happiness is maybe, you know, I mean, you could talk about happiness as a goal and what, a, you know, there's, there's lots of, you could talk about the, you know, the pursuit of happiness and all of that, which would be interesting. But I think um, like thinking about happiness as that dashboard light of going, okay, well, if I'm fundamentally not happy um, in my role, in my job, in my profession, whatever, whatever you're doing in sales, then that's a like blinking light to go, wait a second. Maybe I'm not living, uh, maybe I'm not acting from my authentic self. Am, am I understanding that correctly? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And people can discover what their authentic uh, identity is by recalling the times they were very happy and believe it or not, descri- remember when you were extremely angry. 
Angry, not unhappy, angry. Oh, yes, both. Okay. Remember, the human mind just has the one need, and that's to express your authentic. So if there's some something blocking that expression, you can become angry. And if I ask you, describe the last event that made you angry, and describe the last event that made you happy, they're going to be tethered to the same cause, which is your authentic identity. Very. So pull that through to sales now. So yeah. if I'm a sales pro and I'm going, you know what, I'm, I'm not happy, <laughs> which, you know, this is definitely uh, moments uh, or seasons in a sales professional's life where they go, I'm not happy. Like, how would you unpack that with yourself? If you were that salesperson, what would you recommend somebody do if that dashboard lights flashing? Well, first of all, separate the wrong problems from the right problems. Uh, what we do is we pull them all together, and that creates a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. So uh, I uh, assessed a gentleman. He was, of all things, he was a manager of a, uh, a chocolate factory, and uh, he was having a tough time with all his uh, his staff getting him to do what he, he wanted to do. He was getting frustrated. He was about to quit. And so uh, he says, what should I do? And I said, well, go quit. And he looked at me like, well, wait a minute. Is that the answer? I said, what you need to understand is you are hired to solve the problems. The right problems to have is found in that chocolate factory. They found you to resolve it. The Wright brothers, the right problem for them was to avoid the plane crash. The wrong problem would have been to go into the hangar and the, and the, and the plane's missing. So when we have a job, you're really there to resolve the problems, and you selected freely those problems. That's what you have to really get. So it's not the positive side that's why you're there. You're really there to have purpose and have something to do and use your skills and abilities to resolve issues. Boy, this is getting deep, Daryl. So um, how does all – I'm curious. Now I'm really fascinated is – how does all of this, you know, we start talking about your authentic identity and so forth, tie this into relationships and how this all ties into sales professionals growing that client relationship and, and furthering that because you, you tied in purpose, right? I'm going to throw in passion. How does all of this tie together? Well, um, because what I'm going to do is, again, language myself and my widget to what I see. So the way you speak tells me uh, you're, uh, who you are, the objects around you, the events you um, engage in, and the people you associate with all tell me who you are, different aspects of it. Now, I don't need, all I need to do is know enough so I could sell you an object. That's what I'm doing. But when you buy that object, you are actually saying, my description of what I'm selling conforms to who you are. And once I do that, then you'll want it. That's the, how I sold. That's one aspect. So in other words, if I understand, if I'm thinking about this correctly, that when I align my offer with the person that the buyer sees themselves as or wants to become, yeah. that's when it resonates? Is that? Yeah. So th- think of it this way. I'm going to approach an attorney very differently than I would approach a beauty salon operator. Mm-hmm. Two totally different minds, two totally different uh, motivations. So with the attorney, I'll probably think very linear and focus on facts. Right. And I will have an entirely different 
uh, introduction to the beauty salon operator because she's all about uh, a social uh, uh, exchange, uh, fun, uh, having a, a good atmosphere, happiness, joy. That's what she produces. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a little gossip and things like that. So she's really social. This attorney over here doesn't have to be social at all. Mm-hmm. And so I have to language myself a little different with each. Interesting. Then as I do that, I'll say to the beauty salon uh, operator, hey, do you know Agnes down here a couple of blocks? You know, she's got that sewing uh, business. Oh, yeah. Well, she just bought this, that, and the other for me. Well, that's very good. But And it'll work. But if I go to the attorney and say that, he couldn't care less. Interesting. You know, one of the things... <laughs> What are you laughing at, Larry? Uh, you know what? Hey, John, it, 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 as, as I'm listening, right? So this is how my brain works, <laughs> is the whole time I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I remember as a kid asking my dad something, right? It'd just be like something really simple. I just want the answer. And he'd give me this really deep response to the answer. And I love this stuff because it's just bringing back so many memories, that's why I just that's why I started to chuckle. But but what's really interesting is, you know, you talk about objects, but now we can actually tie this in because some of those objects are social objects. And that's what I was thinking about, right? So if, if we because in, in the world we live in today, a lot of people live their life through social. They put things on social that hmm. resonates with them. So we can also tie in what you're saying, John, to how we observe and view what people put on social. Is that correct? Right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and and a lot. This is. It, it sounds bizarre because I'm attaching it to sales, but um, what, when you think about uh, archaeology, archaeology is the study of uh, artifacts that are maybe a couple thousand years old, and there's a. Uh, a social archaeologist will actually put together a, a society and will be able to fairly well describe the, the daily events of, of this village or this town. So how's that being done? All they're doing is sewing together these physical objects together to tell a story. That's all they're doing, right? Yep, yep. Okay. Now, how about we watch these detective stories and you have forensic science? Yeah. What is that? They're looking at objects, pulling them together, and it can tell you about time and place and all you need. So that works, but I'll go even further. You have a home design. Why are homes designed? Because the physical objects around people has an impact on their psyche. That's why. Interesting. And so... All of these things are out there right now. Why not use them and pull them together, the essentials, and pull them together? And that's what I found of all things called praxeology. And what it does is it shows how uh, your actions during the day shows you what, you what shows everyone what you prefer. Where's your hierarchy of importance? And you could follow it and write it down, and it'll be consistent. Interesting. Hey Daryl, you, you know what? You know what? Now I think salespeople need to become archaeologists. There you go. Yeah, but this is really fascinating. No, it is. Before the before the uh, call, and we were talking, and and you, you know, 
you nailed my personality. You nailed my motivations based on the background behind me. And not only, you know, we're in my office now, but at that time it was in a virtual background and you like pegged me based on the virtual background that I chose for my meeting. Uh, I'm curious. So here's what I'm curious is live. (laughs) You're looking into, you've got a meeting with Larry Levine. Oh, dude, I knew you were going there, Daryl. I knew you were going there. Oh, this is good. I'm really curious because this happened before the call with my office, but now you're looking into Larry's office. What can you learn about Larry from the archaeology? And uh, (laughs) judging by Larry's age, some of that is archaeology behind him and in in his office, and maybe even in contrast to my office. What what would you notice as a uh, forensic archaeological sales, sales guy? Okay. <laughs> we got a new term here, forensic sales. Well, what I see uh, is uh, a holistic thinker. A holistic so? thinker that be, means that uh, information for him comes from many different directions at the same time. But that also can cause uh, overwhelm. But there's a lot of information coming in at once. And I know that because uh, the background is very eclectic. So you're moving from one different one topic to the next, to the next, to the next. And that really requires a holistic mind. And also that's beneficial in sales, to say the least. So, Daryl, what John's really saying is that Larry Levine's really super smart guy. And he's got a lot going on. <laughs> Well, he is saying that you you pull in information from a bunch of different sources. Which that I do. That I do. Fascinating. Because the way I was trained as a salesperson is to look at your office and either talk about your book or the Dodgers, but um, which might be fine. But I love this perspective of looking at that um, environment and going, okay, well, let's let's think about what type of of person um, and how Larry is and how he processes information and what he values and makes decisions. Am I tracking the right way on this, John? Yeah. And so I'm looking at you and also I know that uh, you're a detailed person and uh, you enjoy systems and structure. And how do you surmise that? Which by the way, you're right. Yeah. Uh, For one, uh, this is okay. I don't take anything, any one item. I take them all together. So know that. Okay. I'm looking at your shirt. Yes. It's square. It's a grid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like it's nice. Yeah, absolutely. All so my shirts are like this. I believe it because that's, it shows me your detail and possibly even a, a, a systems person and uh, highly structured. Hey, can you all, hey, John, can you tell that he's a nerd? Oh, he definitely is a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just lucky. I found a girl who loves nerds. So I'm, I'm good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this this is really, really a fascinating approach, especially um, especially in the world we're in right now where we're in this hybrid virtual sales environment, right? I mean, you're less and less able to um, be in somebody's office face-to-face, where I think maybe just by human nature, we pick up a lot more in that 3D environment than we do. Um, you know, even as, as we were talking about, um, talking with Sherry Levitin about pheromones and, you know, just different, like we get a lot more in the face-to-face environment than we do in virtual, but being able to look at somebody's 
office and then also social profile, the digital aspect of who they are and make some um, determinations about um, not, I'm getting here, John, not just their personality per se, but even maybe deeper than that in terms of what they truly value as a human being. Is that? Yeah. Uh, in fact, my, uh, one, my, one of my books is called Discover the Power Beneath Your Personality. Yeah, I saw that. I'm looking forward to that, by the way. Um, so, um, see, what I, most of my assessments, I do an assessment. It's like a Myers-Briggs on steroids, okay? And uh, oh, I, I do that now. over the phone. And I don't see these people. Really? Yes. So what I use is authentic logic. Interesting. You are producing your own authentic logic. Because remember, again, you could all you're up to is expressing your authentic identity. Therefore, all your values, all your uh, ideas, uh, uh, structured ideas, uh, fantasies, dreams, whatever it is, is designed to express that authentic identity including your rationale and uh, your logic. Wow. So let's say you were selling widgets, whatever that is, <laughs> you make it up. And uh, I'm just, I just want to see if we can apply this today a little bit. And you were selling to Larry virtually versus selling to me. How would you approach the sale differently based on what you've observed so far? I'm, I'm really, I'm fascinated by this, John. Well, I appreciate that. Um, well, first of all, it, it, I'd have to know what the product is. Okay. That's, well, let's I'm make something up. What What can we make up here, Larry? Um, oh, come on. <laughs> let's be B2B. We're B2B guys. So um, you are selling a, uh, you're selling, we're both, we're both presidents of a company um, and you're selling a uh, virtual uh, operating system for our company, a software package that's going to allow us to manage our employees virtually. How about that? Okay. So uh, for Larry, I would explain that this is going to uh, empower his knowledge and uh, help him with understanding his employees and staff uh, uh, and the whole process that he's involved with. So it's an empowerment of knowledge. Interesting. And me? Uh, you're, you're very different. Uh, so what I'll do is... Oh, well, that, that's, for, that's for sure. That's really good, though. So uh, uh, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and I, I would design an architecture of logic. Oh, you speak my love language. Yes. Architecture of logic and make sure everything connects to and connects and connects. And um, uh, you, you are more willing to... Uh, uh, you really want results quick if I can get that for you and I will describe that for you. Um, and you start putting that together. Wow. And what I'm actually doing is describing you. My widget mm -hmm. describes you, but I'm, right. I'm, the widget. I'm the language. So that's what I'd be up to. So from a holistic point of view, uh, I would give uh, uh, empowerment of knowledge and for you, I would describe it in uh, st uh, structured logic. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, what, powerful. So yeah, good. But, but listening to that because I, I mean, I fully agree. Because if John laid on to me what he would lay on to Daryl, I would check out in probably five seconds. 
Now, that's very important. That's very important because that's one of the reasons why I failed so many times. What they do is they give you one script. Right. To tell everybody. So what I discovered uh, through the research is uh, people uh, are either they're very caring. Uh, they we have all these uh, capacities, but they focus on being caring. Some of us are focusing on just knowledge. Uh, some of us are focused on relationship and fo- others are focused on change. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I would have four scripts when I went out because yeah. each person has to have a different script. If, if they're going to see my widget mirror who they are, that's what I'm up to. That is so powerful. And I, I couldn't agree more. And I love the, um, I mean, I've always been a, I've been a personality profile junkie. I love, so when you said you have Myers-Briggs on steroids, you had my, you have my attention, but taking that down to a really basic level and, and looking at, you know, before the meeting um, on social, whatever information you can gather. And then during the meeting um, in a virtual world, making some determinations of just based on the objects in the environment, what, which of those four approaches you should take is um, that is strong and practical. And you know, we're in this virtual sales world right now where everyone is all of a sudden a virtual selling expert. Um, and, but in most of the conversations around method and media and how to run a good meeting and, you know, all of those types of things, which are very, very important, but I don't, I don't know anybody else that's talking about this, uh, that this in a virtual environment and literally being able to observe objects. And uh, what were the three categories? We had objects, uh, people and events, people and events. So yeah. how would, how would people and events factor into this? Well, um, I would ask you uh, one area that's not uh, discussed in any uh, personality profile test I'm aware of is uh, rejuvenation. What everybody needs to rejuvenation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what what is, is is your identity is a system of things that I discover for people. It's mm-hmm. a system. And this is how you do you go through your daily exercise of keeping your authentic identity uh, nice and healthy. Okay. But it gets tiring. So you need to break away. So yeah. if you told me I the way I break away is I'm gonna go to the horse track. Well, that's very different than I'm gonna go fishing. Right. So by telling me those two things, they're also telling me who you are. And as you describe the people around you, maybe your wife or girlfriend, you're telling me who you are as well. Hmm. Also, the two of you uh, are what I call in the category I have are justice people. You work with facts and you work with sentiment at the same time. Very, uh, very focused on value mm-hmm. much more than other people. And uh, that's how you two get along very well. One of you has uh, searches more information than the other, but in the other might focus on more sentiment than the other, but it's enough so you can get along. Yeah. yeah and I'm sure, and I'm sure our listeners can figure that one out really quick, Daryl, what John just said. But I think that's really interesting it because is. that's the bridge, right? That's the, that's right. the bridge. I, I really want to key in and man, we're bumping up against our, our time. This is, I knew this was going to be a, uh, I can't wait to dive deeper into this and learn more. I was going to ask you about how we can do that in a moment, but 
one thing that I thought was interesting about the people and events side of things, just like I was taught to go into Larry's office and observe that he's an LA Dodgers fan and, you know, start a conversation there, which is somewhat shallow. Um, I was also taught to make conversation around events. What'd you do this weekend? What, you know, what, what am asking, but looking at the, at that type of, of thing, not from the perspective of, Oh, I went there too, but Oh, Daryl likes to go fishing versus Daryl likes to go to, you know, the horse track or whatever. And making some determinations about what, how, uh, what his profile of, um, yeah, what he's like. That's, that's really good. And I don't, I've never thought in that category before. Well, I, everything you just discussed, I've replaced. Um, what I do in my workshops, I teach people, uh, when you're about to meet a prospect, say to yourself, by knowing who I'm not, I know who you are. So interesting. By knowing who I'm not, I know who you are. So I don't do what you do, guys do during the day. So there's there's an aspect of that that I don't do for uh, because I'm not I'm not that type of person. It's mm-hmm. it's more of a state of being than doing. So I can't be you, but I can't be your profession either. Right. So by knowing who I'm not, I know who you are. And so you have to have a big personality. You have to be able to get in contact with people easily. You have to empathize with people easily and uh, understand not only facts, but facts in relation to empathy and people and how they function. So that's very important. And so that's not a who I am. So by knowing who I'm not, I know who you are. Interesting. Wow. I did that every time. I didn't have to discuss. I was taught the same way. I didn't have to discuss the fishing or the, uh, you know, so I walk in and see, play golf. No, that's my ex-wife's. I hate golf. What do you need? You know? So it never worked for me. Never worked for me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, so you can use that right now. How, how can we learn more? Cause I am, I am very, very fascinated by, I feel like we've just scratched the surface here into, uh, into all of this. How can we learn more, John? Well, I have a, a site, johnvoris.com, and on Amazon, I have a Discover the Power That Drives Your Personality, but I also have um, Learn to Sell What They're Buying. Awesome. That completely turns it around. Awesome. Well, we'll put links to that in the show notes. I know that our listeners are going to want to take a deep dive into this. Um, John, I just want to say a sincere thank you for investing in us today. This has been... Um, Absolutely fascinating. <laughs> so it's been really good. Well, thank you. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Yes. Yeah, Larry, any, any words as we wrap up today? <laughs> you know, as, I, as I'm listening to all this and I'm, you know, every, the only, <laughs> okay, so this is what's going on in my head. The, you said a lot of great things, John, but it's archaeology that's just like sticking in my brain that sales professionals must become archaeologists and dig beyond what they see on the surface to really get to know somebody. And the other thing that I learned is how you can use all this to drive a human conversation in a different way. Yeah, yeah because when I use that uh, uh, technique, by knowing who I'm not, I know who you are. I am. I do know who you are on an authentic level. Yeah. Um, because I know who I'm not on an authentic level. 
Yeah. Very, so very good. good. Hey, Zero, this just, re, this just rewrote everything that a lot of salespeople have probably ever learned. Yeah, I, I feel challenged to my core on this. John, thank you. And uh, we uh, really appreciate it to all of our listeners. We want to say a sincere thank you as well. You know, one of the best things you can do, uh, we get asked all the time, how can we help? How can we help the Selling from the Heart message expand? Well, I'll tell you, one of the best ways you can help is actually really simple. Um, and that is leave a review on the podcast. If you list, listen on Spotify or iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen, when you get done with this podcast, pull over <laughs> if you're driving and, uh, and take just a minute and leave a couple sentences. It really, really helps spread the message. Um, but thank you to everybody for all, um, all that you are, all that you're doing and all that you're becoming. It is an honor to be a part of this community. And so until next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value Figure out who you're not so you can know who, who your prospects are and dive deeper into this because it's going to be good. And most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.